0: Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm your host, Tom Crisman, freelance creative director, copywriter, ad nerd, and co-dean of Ad House Advertising School. Today, you're going to hear the origin story of Kevin Mulroy, executive creative director at Mischief USA, an offshoot of Canadian agency No Fixed Address. That's the fast-growing disruptor agency that scooped up Greg Hahn after he was fired by BBDO this summer. Kevin describes Mischief USA as, quote, a small band of experienced, accountable creatives moving fast and caring about what they make. Gee, that sounds awesome. I talked to Kevin about growing up in the John Hughes movie that was Chicago in the 80s, being a bad student in high school, except for creative writing, Hating and losing his first job in advertising as a media planner, and a conversation with comedy writer and actor Brian Stack that made him realize he needed to go back to ad school at 25. There's a lot of great advice in this episode, but first, I need to tell you about AdHouse, and our fall application is live right now, uh, there's still spots in George Tannenbaum's class in Mike Rovner and Soren Youngren's class in Matt Lowe and Manny Schlisser's class in Paul Fix's class and in my class uh, we still have some spots so get in there uh, and go to adhousenyc.com and you could be taking a Zoom class with me or any of the other uh, professionals uh, next week or the week after Jeez, I don't know depends on when you're listening to this or maybe you missed it I don't know anyway, go to adhousenyc.com and check it out uh, okay, so uh, hope to see you in my class. Now let's listen to my talk. <clears throat> excuse me, with Mr. Kevin Mulroy. It's been uh, a long time, too long. But I kind of feel like you're one of those guys that it feels like yesterday. Yeah, just walking around the uh, the halls of JWT, or not the halls, but the open office of the Death Star that was JWT yes, that monolith. Yeah, exactly. Those were good days.
1: It was good, it was a good little blip there. A little period of a uh, hotbed of creativity at JWT. It felt like everybody was there that year or two. It did, and, and then there was like a diaspora of, of people who went off and did really cool things. It's true, there. it's true, and you're
0: one of them. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, what, uh, where, where, did you where did you come from, Kevin where were you? Where were you born and raised? Oh, I
1: was born uh, on the North Shore of Chicago, the, the suburbs of Chicago. It's John Hughes, uh,
0: Chicago. Ferris Bueller.
1: Indeed. Right, man. My, my buddy, um, my best friend in seventh grade, uh, his house was the house that Steve Martin is trying to get back to in Planes, Trains, and Automobile. Oh, my God. I got to meet like John Candy and um, Steve Martin and John Hughes. It was really cool.
0: And then what, what did that make you want to be in film? Like seeing something like that? Did that make you yeah. want to make films?
1: No, not yet. I don't think, um, that wasn't kind of until later when I, I discovered
0: writing like that, I could write a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that that was in high school. Uh, and, and that excited you like who, who was the teacher or parent or somebody who told you like, Hey man, you got talent, Mr. Ham. I still remember him. I will never forget
1: him. Uh, he was my junior year English teacher <clears throat> in high school. And he um yeah, I mean, he could see that I could kind of write. I mean, I was I, I was like a not a very good student. Um every report card was like bright kid, just can't get his shit together. And, you know, um, I think, you know, that stressed my parents out for sure. And you, you uh, were like
0: distracted and ADD yeah, kind of I didn't of know stuff. what I
1: wanted to do, didn't know what interested me. I you know, um kind of aimless and and it was uh i went to a huge high school too it was like four thousand kids and it was just kind of easy to fall through the cracks and yeah which of the breakfast club kids were you (laughs) it's funny because my high school did actually have breakfast club it was called that so if you got in trouble you'd have to really
0: seven in the morning and just so that came from his real life yeah i think it did yeah he he grew up around there yeah. Uh, so you, you were, you're aimless in high school. And then Mr. Ham says you got talent and he was your English teacher.
1: Yeah. He was, you know, a lot of people have that one
0: teacher who kind of yeah.
1: champions you and tells you like, you're, you're not bad at this one thing. So that was,
0: that was my guy. They see you. They yeah, see yeah. they see what you could be. And then, then yeah. they're like, Hey, you could be this. And and <laughs> you, you took to that. You liked that. And, and that, uh, drove you to do what you went to college for writing. Yeah. Well then I went to,
1: well, because I was kind of,
0: uh, a high school fuck up a little bit,
1: or at least mm-hmm. I just wasn't, um,
0: you didn't have the grades and performing all
1: stuff. to my potential, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Um, I did a fifth year. I was a, I was a high school super senior. Oh, wow. And not at the same high school. I had a friend. so like a bunch of my friends, you know, all my friends went off to college, got into whatever school they got into. Um, I like lazily applied to a couple of places, I think I got into like, um, one or two schools, I forget. Right. But a buddy of mine had gone to this, um, prep school in Ohio and, um, and was sort of like trying to get his grades up and get into a better school. And my parents were like, that could be an option for you. Um, oh, wow. try that. and because my friend was there, <clears throat> I went to visit him and it was fun I Had a good time. I mean, it was like all new people, different, a whole different thing.
0: And I, you'd be living away from home. Say again? You'd be living away from home. Yeah, that too. So it'd be a little although, bit of like kind of a, a kind of proto-college experience. A little uh,
1: bit, although they, they really clamped down on their <laughs> social life, man. It was, they it was do? At first. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I was
0: expecting Like, wait, you. I can't go out?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we had like curfew at seven every night and class on Saturday mornings. And you, Oh my you know, God. It, was like, it, it wasn't military, but it was- You may have been in jail, Kevin military light yeah uh but it worked for me I mean it was like super small classes which I needed just to focus and um I remember getting there in like the first week being like so what are we doing tonight dudes and people were like we're doing our homework uh what are you talking about so I was like oh okay (laughs) I guess
0: we do that here That's amazing. So like you got to, it really did help you. It helped you to get a work ethic and to be like, Oh wait, that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Yeah,
1: I really did. It was like, um, I mean, I never thought it was like uncool to be smart, but I just, I just, uh, couldn't apply myself. And I was just suddenly around like all the people I hung out with worked hard and got good grades and that makes a big difference, you know? Yeah.
0: Your friends are so important. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so then you went on to college, and you got yep. into uh, better schools. And where'd you go?
1: I went to Bucknell University in Lewisburg, PA, home nice. of the nation's third largest supermax prison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 but that was that was good too. It was another like uh, after my experience at that at that boarding school, I was like, okay, I probably need a small school. Yeah. You know? To, to not go off the rails, which, again, helped. Um, it was probably a little smaller than I had hoped for. Yep. Um, it was like 3,500, and my high school was 4,000. It was you know, smaller than my high school. Wow. Yeah, but um, you, know, you find your core group. Yeah. And, um, and then my parents actually um, met when they both went uh, abroad to, to Rome in like 69. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were like all of our kids are doing that and we did all like I have an older brother and a younger sister and we all did the same program in Rome um it's called Loyola of Chicago in Rome and um so Loyola that was kind of, the, of
0: Chicago in Rome
1: yeah like their okay. program they're like a broad program we just instead of going through Bucknell I went through the Loyola program just because that's what my folks had done my brother's yeah. the same so that was kind of my formative college experience you know that's the thing that i look back on when i think about college it was like that was the the big thing for me um but when i was there i i became an english major mainly because i was like i don't know what else i can do i can write i can you know uh, right i can bake it by writing but (laughs) but you
0: still weren't you still weren't like oh this is going to be a career this was just a way to sort of spend your time well this this keeps me in college (laughs) yeah
1: yeah I do remember, uh, there's one spot that I remember from that era. It was like a Volkswagen spot where this couple's driving down the street and like everything they're watching is syncing with the music they're yeah. listening to. And it was yep. like, I think in retrospect, not the greatest concept, but for some reason, I just remember being like, that's cool. That would it be was cool super that.
0: award-winning uh, out of Arnold. I Did believe, it win a bunch Boston. of awards? Yeah, yeah it was a part of the part of the you know, they're on the road of life, there are passengers, there are drivers, yeah. drivers wanted campaign. And it was, it was in the era of da, 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 when the, the, uh, that's another one in that same campaign yes. where the two friends, a black guy and a white guy in a Volkswagen driving around doing like less than nothing. Like they, they pick up an old couch and then, you know, two cuts later they're dropping the couch off. Cause obviously it stinks. Uh, and the song was da da da, and it was. I remember that. I love. I was just like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Right? Yeah. Like- uh, so that so you saw one of those ads, and that sort of was like, "Hey, wait a minute, who does that?" Yeah, that's
1: a thing that somebody does as a job. So, like, that's cool. Um, I remember also like being interested enough in advertising to learn how to say "advertising agency" in Italian when I was there when I was a junior in college. You know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 had interest in it. I had like absolutely no clue how to go about getting a job like that. I just knew like, and also when I was growing up, I was the, like, dr- the kid who drew all the time. And I, like, everybody thought I was going to be an artist somehow, you know, or an right. illustrator somehow. Like I was really into drawing and really into comic books.
0: Um, and Italy is a great place for art. I'm sure you were yeah. surrounded by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, weirdly, even though I was really interested in drawing, I just, I always kind of hated, like, organized art classes. I I just could never, I was just like, I just want to draw, like, Wolverine. I don't know, I don't want to do, you know.
0: Yeah, I don't want to do what I want to do. You can't make me draw that pear. (laughs) Fascist. More laziness (laughs) than,
1: you know, obstinance, but uh, anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah, but also it, like, by taking a class in it or by doing some organized thing now you're like saying like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna grade myself and i'm gonna and it's like scary to do that because then you're like well do i need that in my life like another thing
1: yeah it's what it sort of takes uh, the fun out of it a little bit it's like i'm just i'm just kind of messing around and i, I yeah just, you know, i don't want to be graded
0: on what i'm no doing. you don't have to nobody looking over my shoulder kind <laughs> of thing that's that's interesting yeah uh so uh but then at some point how did you like how did you go from, from uh, college to advertising. So because
1: I knew I had some interest in it, I was like, all right, what's the, what's an entry level position I can get out of college. And my parents were like, get out of the house, like get a job, you know, when I graduated college. So I found a job in media planning because that's the department that hires, you know, 22 year olds out of college, or at mm-hmm. least it was. At Amirati Purist Lintas in Chicago. Do you remember that agency?
0: Yeah, sure. Mm
1: -hmm. And I mean, it was, uh, I absolutely hated every second of it. I was so miserable. I mean, they were, it was lovely of them to give me a job. I, you know, had no business doing (laughs) flow charts and talking about TRPs and GRPs.
0: Yeah. And it was just like a lot of like paperwork. Totally. Yeah.
1: And I, um, The only good thing is that, you know, I was paid like 18 grand or something. I don't know what, what it was, but at the time, like the publications that were trying to get you to advertise um, with them would throw all these big parties and like, yeah. um, Yeah. So I did that. And then um, that agency fell apart. It was like a, it was a local or it was a Midwest outpost for like Sprint or something. I forget exactly Um, like Pac Bell or something. I forget how good at that job i was and um (laughs) and then uh so everybody was out of work i remember the guy like telling us all in a conference room that it was closing down and crying and i was like this is horrible this whole experience is insane i don't know if i want to be in advertising yeah and then i kind of flail around and somebody helped me get a job in sales selling um this is like pre Wi way pre wi-fi this is like just post dial up. Like people had either dial up or they were just getting like DSL lines mm-hmm. Do you for that.
0: Yeah.
1: Whatever. And, and um, so I was selling um, security cameras to small businesses that they could watch remotely, but like nobody really understood how the internet worked or, you know, right. had, like, nobody had high speed internet. So I'm trying to sell like mom and pop gas stations, this like technology. And they were like, I'm here all the time. What are you talking about, man? Like, I can't, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't I'm need to pick
1: back on the couch, you know, you know like, it's, this is my one thing I have. I'm here at work. So
0: yeah, that, yeah, was, that was interesting. That's a hard thing to sell. But wait, but was... so let me go back to when you were at uh, Amrati, uh, yeah. At that point, were you like, did you make the connection to like, hey, where are the people who are making the uh, the, the, you know, the Volkswagen ads? And how do I talk to those people?
1: Yeah, a little bit. There was a really nice guy whose name is going to escape me, um, who was a creative director there, um, who was really nice to me. And, and I would just chat him up. And his his wife's, last, his wife's maiden name was Mulroy, my last name. Mm. Um, and so we would chat. And I can't remember if he told me about ad school. I can't remember exactly where I heard about ad school. But um, he definitely told me, you need a portfolio and, right. um, I was like, okay, I have no idea how to start doing that. Um, but because, and they were on a different floor that felt intimidating to go up to I remember
0: that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like the
1: creative department was on a separate floor.
0: Um, and everybody had no, offices. So you had to kind of yes, knock on his I, door and be like, Hey,
1: you got yeah, some no, time the, to chat? <laughs> He's got a car in his office. Like, wow, this is crazy. You know, <laughs> um, so, but, but honestly, like when that thing fell apart and it was such a weird experience, I was like, I don't know about advertising. Like maybe I, this isn't right.
0: Um, because it just felt icky the it way did. that everything it was. Just,
1: so I mean, it was kind of a, I came on at the tail end of this thing that was kind of, you know, spiraling a little bit and, and uh, yeah. I came on and hastened its demise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you helped with a little bit. Just, yeah, a little you're, bit. You're a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're all part of, of those big agencies. <laughs>
1: yes. So, uh, and then I had that sales job, which was a little blip in my life. But I was basically like working out of my apartment. My manager lived in Indiana and the company was in San Francisco. So you can imagine how hard I worked at that job. I just, yeah. it was just too easy not to do anything. And it was like, it was hard and... Yeah, I didn't understand what I was really doing and I just was like, I just waited to get fired, which came, it took way <laughs> too long for them to fire me. I was like, guys, I'm, like, just, just, I'm just sleeping on my couch until three in the afternoon, but <laughs> whenever you want to fire me, I'm ready.
0: <laughs>
1: I've, I've made peace with it. Yes, yeah, so I was like, I was like half I forgive half, you. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, your move, company, because I'm just sitting here. <laughs> So yeah. Uh, and then, then um, I kind of like, I really was like, I don't know what I want to do. And um, I took like second, second city classes. I, I was really into, I still loved writing. Yeah. I took writing classes at second city and improv classes there. And then, um, and then um, a friend of a friend um, knew a writer at um, Conan, the Conan O'Brien show um, yeah. names Brian Stack. Um, yeah. He now writes for Colbert.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And he's he very agreed. funny.
1: Super funny. Yes. Yeah. Really good guy. Really sweet guy. And he, uh, great
0: voice actor too.
1: Yes, exactly. Definitely. He very kindly agreed to talk to me for like an hour during the middle of his day. Um, just kind of about like writing and entertainment and like what, he, how he got into the business and he started by telling me that he was a copywriter first, and then went on. Then we talked for the next hour about, you know, being in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the conversation, I was like, "So, tell me more about the copywriting thing again." Like, <laughs> mm. And he was kind of. I think maybe he was the one who was like, "There are these ad schools you can go to," and um, I ended up going to Chicago Portfolio School for one year, which mm-hmm. is that that was their selling point, like. You know Miami's three years or whatever it is. Right. Sure. One. Yep. So I was like cool, uh, and you know by then I was like twenty six. So I got a late start for sure.
0: Yeah, but um, you, but you got you got a little toe in the water with the uh, with the media job. You kind of saw how the business of it works and mm-hmm. how like placing ads is like kind of part a big part of the game. And yeah, that was when the agency still did that sort of together with the creative. Yes. True. Uh, and then between you doing that and you coming back it kind of split out and uh uh they kind of split off the media but uh it, where how did you meet brian stack just a friend of a friend was like i can get
1: yeah. a phone call with him and um you can that's him so him great yeah
0: so you reached out and you made that happen and and uh you know because you, you could have been like oh yeah i'll call him and you, di- you didn't but
1: i was desperate man i was yeah. like i find something to do with my life i talked yeah. to a bunch of different people. Um,
0: you had your exactly. quarter life crisis. Yeah, completely. Yeah.
1: 20 years later, I did a campaign for DirecTV and he tweeted how much he loved it. And I was like, I'm the dude who wrote that, man. And I'm the guy that you talked to for like an hour. And uh, <laughs> he was very sweet. It was cool to come full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. You had
0: your, your cathartic moment with Brian yes. Stack. Totally. That's amazing. Well, we have him on the line right now. Hey, this is your life. Yeah, <laughs> should, somebody should do that. Actually, yeah, that would be right? easy to do in the Zoom era. Yeah. Um. So, so you went to Chicago uh, Portfolio School, yep. and then you started hawking your wares. Where'd you Where'd you go? What'd you look? One at? of my uh, two you make the choice?
1: Yeah. So. Um... I never really finished my portfolio, which kind of feels like I'm telling you I didn't finish high school in some regard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, I like, I, you know, worked and worked at it. It it was like, um, I had two instructors who were really great and great to me, uh, Rick Hammond and Liz Taylor. They're both at Leo Burnett Chicago now. Um, mm-hmm. Liz is like this big heavy hitter. Um, but they, uh, they were teachers at my school and you know thought i could do the job and help me get an internship at element 79 remember that place mm-hmm. like another place that i helped go to um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, that at the time was a cool little shop that was doing like um all the gatorade stuff in the early 2000s that was it was pretty good it was still like michael jordan was involved yeah. in jordan versus jordan spot that at the time was really cool and I think that the the technology was was new for the time. Uh, it was basically yeah, like my old Michael Jordan playing young Michael Jordan. Like that's cool. It, it was cool. It was a good that's idea. A cool um, idea. Uh, I remember and- my friend was uh, who was in production was like a PA on that shoot and was like, dude, you wouldn't believe this shoot that I was on with Jordan. It's super, super cool. And and then I found out what agency had done it. Um, uh-huh, that's cool. And it just so happened that Liz and Rick, my instructors worked there. Rick, and Rick Ham, you said his name was Hammond, Hamann. H oh. A M A N N. I mean, one of the just greatest humans in advertising. Just such yeah. a nice dude and and super talented. So yeah, so I got an internship with sort of like a Kinko's folder of bad ideas, you
0: know. Oh really? So you just you just kind of like. Did it in marker or just like typed out stuff, or how did you how did you do it, was, it?
1: i i I had people help me lay stuff out for sure. I probably yeah. had you know nine ads that were you know and like uh, varying <laughs> levels of terribleness and um it was just enough to kind of get me in the door like when the internship opportunity popped up yeah, I could give you know Rick that thing and he showed it to. Dennis Ryan, who was in the middle of something else and was like, but uh, yeah, sure. You know,
0: yeah. <laughs> if you like him, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's how I got in. That's that's awesome. But that's a great-
1: honestly, like I kind of agonized, I, I did a year of that portfolio school and then I was out of that school for a year, still trying
0: to finish the thing. And yeah,
1: I mean, I didn't have a what computer. were you doing while,
0: while you were out of there? You, you
1: uh waiting tables. Kept doing-
0: yeah. Waiting tables. Yeah. Uh, and you had a recruiter that you were using? No, no, no. Oh, no recruiter. Yeah. I just got that internship through my, through my teachers. And, and knowing people and the teachers were at uh, the Chicago portfolio school. Yep. That's great. Yep. Um, and I know, I know Liz Taylor on Twitter. She's uh very, very good on the, on the tweets.
1: She has been very kind to me my whole career. She really helped me. She taught me how to write a TV script. So like, Really? First time I presented to her, I started to close the door in her office. She was like, no, no, keep the door open. You're (laughs) going to do a lot of this. So get used to it.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, uh, so that first job, uh, learning, learning, what did you learn in that first job?
1: And everything, it was, it was pretty awesome. Like I was making 10 bucks an hour, but I could not have been happier, like, especially because I, I'd flailed around in my twenties so much that just having something that felt right to me was so awesome. You know, I, I was like, "This feels like where I belong," and I feel more confident doing this than anything I had ever done. You know? Yeah. Be- and, and what do you think? What do you attribute that to? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I felt like if I was going to be in the corporate world, this is kind of the only way I could do it. Yeah, it was
0: artistic. Yeah, you know, sort exactly. Of making like, things
1: creative problem solving was the only interest I had in, in being in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, and it felt like my first, yeah, real job, or, I mean, I actually sold work pretty quickly, which was great. Like as an intern, I sold a TV campaign that um, was super exciting and they, that's what got me hired. They, they, you know, actually offered yeah. me a job. And
0: what was the
1: campaign? To, it was for Tropicana orange juice. Yeah. (laughs) Never ran, or at least a version of it ran, but not what we had written, really. Yeah. Uh, It was kind of crazy. It was like back in the 2000s, everybody still had just like, they were like fire hosing cash. Uh, Yeah. So we had this this campaign that was like for light and healthy orange juice. And we were like, well, how do you get light and healthy orange juice? You get an orange juice trainer. It was terrible. Yeah. So we had we cast this like this improv actor to, you know, like shoot a bunch of stuff. And yeah. but like three weeks into you know production or getting ready to, to go produce it, the client was like, Oh, this is a um like regular sized oranges. I think it's funnier if it's an enormous orange, like the <laughs> size of a person. And we were like, Okay, but that wasn't really the idea. And he was like, Okay, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. So we'll shoot both.
0: Oh, okay yeah
1: so we're like okay so we did that and then somebody else in some meeting was like well studies show that people like animation so we ended up doing three productions <laughs> my first production was three productions oh my god at the same time two live action and one animation <laughs> oh
0: my god clients gone in a muck <laughs>
1: yeah next on made. clients gone wild and then three the animated one that cost like 40 grand was the one that won of course
0: yeah yeah was it the best one you <laughs> think of course not yeah no. no, um and so how do you get from there to the Kevin Mulroy I met at JWT who like was like a master craftsman? Uh, please, I no like that's how I that's how I saw you. I, I saw you as a, like a writer's writer. Like you were a you were serious but funny, and you had uh, lots of ideas. That's what I saw all the time.
1: No, that's kind of you to say, man. I, uh, always knew that I needed to get out of, I mean, not like I'm desperate to get out of Chicago, but I always wanted to come to to New York. You know, Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to be where it felt like the action was. And there was a ton of, um, great agencies. I had a, an interview at Wyden early in my career and didn't get the job. And I was crushed by that. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Wyden, New York or? Yeah. Why New York?
1: Sorry. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I, I kept in contact with Kevin Proudfoot when he was running that place and mm-hmm. um, he was really cool to me, but I I just didn't get it. So, um, I, um, I finally did some work that won some awards for Tostitos, uh, cause element 79 was like a, it was like a Pepsi outpost, you know, and all the Pepsi brands that were based in right. Chicago. So I did some weird, funny work for, for Tostitos and, um, That helped me uh, just get the attention of some New York recruiters. And um, I eventually, yeah, took the job at JDBT. I came out there to interview for either Huggies, Diapers, or Microsoft. And I took the Microsoft job. Yeah. I think like five hours into it, I was like, oh, man, this is a big mistake.
0: (laughs) I also took the Microsoft job. I know you and, did. I know. And you did. I was like, wait a minute, what? And I, you know, I remember you being like, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, I'm not the only one, thank God. I mean, dude, like day one, it was like, listen, listen, SQL Server 2008 RV with Hyper-V is just like, that is not the way, I was like, I don't know what anyone is talking about. I don't, so it was glad. like- I'm so glad it, I
0: wasn't the only one, Ken.
1: Oh man, it was, it was like- I was like, I can do anything for like a year or whatever. And I was like, yeah, day one, I was like, this is a big mistake. So, <laughs> uh, that was hard. But, and, and also it was like, you probably remember the campaign that we were doing was kind of done. It was like interview CEOs and then yeah. animate that. So it yeah. wasn't a lot of room for like a young writer to flex. You know, I was like,
0: yeah.
1: I was writing headlines for like oil and gas journal,
0: yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: uh, I was like, this kind of sucks. And I was trying to get on other stuff. Yeah. And it just, that place was full of talent at the time. Do you remember that? I mean, it was like-
0: Full of talent and full of money. Like it was just like all the clients were just huge, huge clients. Um, But I remember being more excited, not about the actual writing that I got to do, because I always felt like I was just filling in. It was like writing writing, uh, Mad Libs. You know, you were just like, well, the SQL server- uh, it's like a top that spins, and okay, now he's spinning, and' it's yeah, just like totally. you're just coming up with like uh actions <laughs> for the animation uh, but I remember being more excited by the by the Twitter and the sort of influencer marketing and the almost um advertorial stuff that Ty was talking about with that yeah. which excited me because it was like oh you can you can make stuff that feels real in the world and not like just an ad that entertains you for 30 seconds. I don't know. That that was what I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But like actually doing it was like pretty boring.
1: The one thing that I did that was that I liked um, was we were doing these like fake magazine articles and then um, crossing them all out with like red pen. And then like what was revealed in the letters that we didn't cross out was the headline. Okay. But the, the articles that i was writing you know they were like ten thousand word articles so uh, that was really fun to write and it was like writing an onion article and i i knew that nobody was going to read it because it was behind like (laughs) writing but that was really fun to write and um and when you're like a young creative trying to you know um show that you show your worth it was fun to present that to tim gallus remember um yeah yeah
0: He's at Barclay now. A Barclay. Okay, yeah. In, I haven't uh, talked to him in Kansas a while. City. Yeah.
1: Super nice guy. I haven't um, either.
0: Very yeah. funny guy. Very dry, very funny. funny, very Chicago kind of funny, right? Yeah. is he isn't he from out there? Out there? I don't know. It, I'm not sure. Um yeah, I like that guy. Uh yeah, it was it was uh, it was a crazy time. Where did you go from there? You went to Mechanism from there? I did. I, I was I mean,
1: honestly, because my experience at JWT was weird and I I was really frustrated at that place,
0: just not making stuff. And, um, you made a great halls campaign. I remember
1: I did. That was towards the end. I was, already. yeah,
0: you were like, I'm just going to make cool shit. Yeah. 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 Thanks, (laughs) man.
1: I mean, I was, I was like, I was already, um, I had to stay for a year or I'd have to pay them back relocation costs. So I was like, all right, I'm going to hit that year mark and I'm out.
0: Yeah, and, uh, it's good. By, it gives you, it gives you yeah. a thing to shoot towards.
1: But by the, like two months prior to that date, like I yeah. got a new partner and we started doing good stuff. And I was like, well, this is good. But I was already kind of like halfway out the door, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had a relationship with the Mechanism guys because they were production company first. Oh, right. I had used them as a production company to do the work that won awards that got me to New York. yeah. And and I was looking for something completely different. Like I, they were doing a lot of, a lot more like online videos, um, viral stuff that is yeah. different than thirty second spots and print ads. You know.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And they were like, we need a writer to move to San Francisco. I was like, cool, not doing that. <laughs> and they were like, okay, we're opening a New York office. Do you want to like help us open that and and start it? And I was like, that sounds really cool to me yeah and i was like i was excited about going to a place that was full of like directors and animators and coders and and these weirdos who could make stuff yeah um really well and then so i was employee four at mechanism new york and um it was really fun and 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 super different Mm -hmm. but then um I was kind of bummed that like six months into that job, they were like, you know what, we're going to get rid of all the directors and like all the animators and just be an ad agency. Right. I was like, "Man, eh, that's not why I came here.
0: Right. Uh, right. What do you think, What do you think that happened? Is it, is it too hard to be both money?
1: I think it was just, yeah, it's just cost
0: it, too much to be both.
1: I just think it's much more profitable, you know, to be an agency than it is a production company. Yeah. At least, at least the kind of like digital. At that time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I stuck it out, and I love the people, and and I was. Um,
0: you did. You did great work there.
1: Thanks. I did some good stuff, I thought, and then the thing that was more exciting and interesting to me is that you know I went there looking, hoping to find a director to like make stuff on the side with, and it just happened to be the guy that owns the whole company was the guy that was interested in doing that with me. Um, yeah. His name is Tommy Means, and he's a director, and he's a the guy is an unbelievable salesman. <clears throat> yeah, and, and um, so he and I started writing like I don't know, like TV shows and movies and stuff. Oh wow! And, yeah, and like we wrote, um, I wrote a screenplay with uh, Samantha B while I was there when she was at the Daily Show. Wow! And that was super cool. Um, but he's like that place kind of started introducing me to. Hollywood producers and stuff. And, and yeah. he, he had contacts that I never would have had, you know?
0: Right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that, yeah. and then we, we produced, um, we almost show, sold a show to, um, we worked with Eric Stone Street from Modern Family mm. um, and got a pilot done and um, got a deal for a, a pilot script. Um, so wow. that, that stuff was cool. What, what, like, was the,
0: what was the pilot called?
1: Hotel security it was about three idiots who run hotel security at like a super high end, you know, like a celebrity hotel. Yeah. And um, I mean, it, it didn't sell, but the experience was super cool. Like we presented to, um, you know, we pitched like comedy
0: central and CBS and NBC and all the, how, how is it different than advertising? Like, is it the same process or what did you, what did you learn above and beyond the advertising stuff?
1: Like advertising. Well, first of all, I think advertising need, needs you more <laughs> like they have a problem to solve, you know, mm-hmm. I think, um, programming, they're like, they're the people pitching them stuff all the time. Yeah. I think, um, I think it was nice to, I'm used to projection coming from advertising. You gotta be, you know, and that yeah. was the same. I think there, you know, like in, in, in like that kind of writing, um, yeah. Like persistence. It's a shit ton of work. It's so much writing to yeah. get that stuff through. Um, you know, I would write 80 pages of a screenplay and they'd be like, cool. We love the first 20. Just rewrite everything else. And like that, like common, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I'm He's like, like, cool. Yeah, awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do that in my free time. That's all. yeah because i'm still like a creative director at mechanism while i was doing that stuff so yeah so this
0: was a side hustle with the with the owner of the company yeah
1: exactly
0: (laughs) that's cool um and then and then i I wanted to get to to your newest thing so you you, but you in between you went to bbdo
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right yeah and that's where you you met your newest partner
1: yeah i was kind of once again, a little fried on advertising. And I was like, I'm going to freelance for a little while after mechanism. And then I landed at BBDO, um, working with Grant Mason, who was at JWT, um, both of us were there. And he and I had been partners right before I left JWT. You
0: did that Hall's campaign together.
1: Exactly. That's who I did that with. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I was freelance there and produced something that won a bunch of awards and they were like, you know, do you want to take the job? And, and I mean, BBDO for me, Again, like uh, when I got there, it was stacked with talent. There was like a lot of really good people. And yeah. nothing makes you work harder than, you know, having everybody be better than you. I was like, shit, yeah. gotta
0: step it up. Um, yeah, it's like playing for the Yankees. Yeah, it really feels
1: like that. It felt yeah. like that. So, um, so that was good. And, and uh, I, I had met Bianca, my, my partner, at J- JWT. She was there as a, an intern. Mm-hmm in like 08. And then she came to BBDO around the same time as me. And then, um, uh, my partner left, Grant left and went to widen Bianca and I teamed up and there was, there was, we teamed up for like two years. Then there was sort of like a group of senior creatives who would all work with each other. So I'd work with Bianca. Sometimes I would work with somebody else sometimes, but we all come back and work on projects together and um yeah I got to know greg over that time and mm-hmm. worked with him closely especially like running pitches you yeah really closely with the, the senior guys like the you know management team um that way mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean i loved my time at bbdo i loved the work i was making i love the people i was making it with yeah. um, you know i think um that place gets a a, a kind of a a rap as being just a TV shop. It's which, which mm. is I think unfair. Like they, they do a ton, they produce so much work. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the time, you know, clients, they certainly go to a place like that for big budget TV. Yeah. Um, and and typically if you're presenting a bunch of stuff, they're going to gravitate towards that. It's,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: uh, what they expect to see. And often it's easy to digest the script,
0: you know, yeah. in a yeah. meeting. Yeah, I know what that is. That's a television spot. I'm yeah. going to see it. It's going to last this amount of time. It's going to be on the television.
1: <laughs> so how to evaluate this exactly? Yeah. They, yeah. like, when to laugh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they yeah. Not yeah. Where's the button, kid? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I, um, I I uh, um, I said this in another interview. It you know you sort of like kind of always have to have an eye on what the next thing might be. It's yeah. just the nature of our business. And, um, I don't know, like there was nothing ever better than BBDO. I was like, this is great. Like I, you know, uh, th- nothing beats it. But then, then when Greg was like, go, um, this opportunity popped up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, um, so mischief is backed by a company in Toronto called no fixed address. Mm-hmm. So they're like a successful company agency in their own right, um, like with like 140 people, but they're sort of billing themselves as like a platform to start other companies and agencies. Mm-hmm. And Mischief was, is their first foray into North America. And they were already going to um, open something in New York. And then Greg became available. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that worked out great. That's great. Yeah, so they reached out to us and said, do you want to come on board and build an agency? You know, by the way, we've got Greg Hahn. So, <laughs> yes, I think I wanted want to do that.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> tell us what Mischief is about or what it's going to be about or what you hope it, it will be about.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because we're like actively working on what this agency is about and like what the um, outward messaging is about it. Like okay. The sort of log line for the agency is we're about magic over margins, it's it's basically. I mean, the, the basic model is that they um, reduce the overhead. They don't spend mm-hmm. a lot of money on real estate, yeah, uh, office space stuff like that.
0: But they perfect timing, that. Kevin.
1: Exactly, isn't it though? <laughs> it's like weird. It's like they were. It's like they near, like practically anticipated this whole thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they instead of like a holding company model where they um, something like fifteen percent of revenue goes towards talent uh it's it's a much higher percentage that goes towards towards talent payroll at this place yep yeah um so they can compete with the bigger agencies because they're pulling bigger talent they're pulling better talent you know like most places like bbdo know they can always pay for really good people especially the ones who are sick of being underpaid for most of their career you know Mm -hmm. yeah when i got there i was like shit man these are all like the superstars from every like you
0: know, that's hottie. the other reason. It's like playing for the Yankees. Exactly. <laughs> You're getting paid like a Yankee. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the model, and right now it's it's uh it's Greg and Bianca and I, and then um and then we've got um three more people in New York, and then we're backed by, like I said, this this hundred and forty strong group of super smart, um super nimble people in uh, Toronto.
0: So you and, can sort of use them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for projects and things. Like they have a sweet, cool. they have
1: a great, like an awesome, huge digital department. Um, they've got great designers, like stuff like that. When we need, we just don't have the personnel right now. We can, lean you know, you know.
0: But then the client knows that you guys are always going to be the same people and that they can uh, count on you. That's, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah. So it's very exciting. Early stages. Yeah. One that's week.
0: so cool um it's it's kind of like and this show i was thinking about uh it today the the show that uh, this a-list podcast i mean it's a when i say show what is this um (laughs) the uh it's based on like the idea of like how people got in origin stories and and it was always like uh okay this is how these people got in maybe learn some lessons and i think it's still true you can learn lessons about you know uh your lessons of uh you know, getting, it's okay to get into advertising, get out of advertising, get back into advertising, get out, you know, it's 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 always going to be there uh, to in and out. It's almost better to have other experiences. Um, But it almost like we're all starting over with this new world that we're in right now that feels kind of semi-permanent. Like it's not, it's not like this is going away. Like, I, I think we all have to get it in our heads that this is not going away.
1: I totally agree. It's weird, man. And I, I think we got to figure out, I mean, for me, I've always kind of liked thinking on the page. So I'm, it's never really bothered me to to work remotely. Yeah, I, I like to get stuff on the page first, then talk about it, so that I'm yeah. informed when I'm talking about it, and then go back to like fleshing stuff out. But yeah, I mean, I think overall, we got to figure out how to be more like independent. Each one of us. And,
0: yeah. And like, it's like, but but the sad thing is that like young people, you used to be able to be the idiot like you were at Lintos when you're doing yeah. the the media things. You used to be able to be the idiot who didn't really know how to do his or her job and kind of stumbled through it and had a manager that just fixed your shit and yes. was like, "Look, this is not right. You did it oh, again, yeah. you idiot." Uh, and and now we're sort of not needing those kids to do it anymore because we have to just do it ourselves right so it's like they're not getting the chance to just sit there and be an idiot because i think we all need that that time because like nobody walks into a meeting and is like you know no only on melrose place or those shows you know do <laughs> do like you know 18 19 year old kids walk into a meeting and they're like all right uh, the client is coming in five minutes it's like we're all morons God, when
1: i, we first start. I mean uh, it's-
0: and it's harder now to be a moron is like you're sitting being a moron by yourself
1: <laughs> totally it took me a long time to understand way too long by the way the difference between execution and idea like early in my career I, and i think what you're saying is so accurate like i just needed needed to be in meetings where i was hearing good work presented and yeah. i was like oh 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 <sighs> that is something that can have a bunch of ideas come out of it. I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Platform. I mean, it's true. It's yeah. That uh, is
0: incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of scary. Um, we're, uh, kind of coming up on the hour, but, uh, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to talk about? What's what, how can people reach you and all that stuff that I usually ask at the end? of
1: Oh yeah. I'm on all the, I'm on all the stuff. Um, I have a weird Twitter handle because now I'm supposed to, I feel like I'm
0: supposed to be, um, you're oh, supposed to be cool. Professional? Together. No.
1: Yeah. not, Get, totally. it not <laughs> Get it together.
0: Get it together. We're all following so you. So I'm spaghetti. We're all watching you everywhere. Stan Mo.
1: Yes. Sorry. At, say it uh, again. Spaghetti party at Stan Mo on
0: Twitter. But wait, say it again. <laughs> spaghetti party <laughs> at Stan Mo.
1: S T A N M O E. Yeah. It's a long story behind that.
0: Oh, I see. So your your actual Twitter handle is at Stan Mo. So S T A N M O E, and but the name that you've chosen to show on the thing is Spaghetti
1: yes. Monster, Spaghetti Party,
0: Spaghetti Party, not oh, Spaghetti cool. Monster. That's a that's a church, by the way. The spaghetti Monster.
1: Yes, it is. You yes. Look
0: that up. Yes. Um, spaghetti Party. All right. I don't know why. I will check you um, out.
1: Check it out. Um, I'm on all the stuff. Um, I don't know if I have any parting thoughts. I mean, I think. Um, I feel like my parting thought to, to young creatives is, is be good at your craft. Cause I, I feel like, um, I was just talking about this with my partner. Like, I think I, I don't know how it is now. I haven't looked at it at like a student book in a little while, but um, I still want to see like a headline from a writer. I just mm-hmm. want to see like print ads, you know? Yeah. Cause, Cause I feel like a really smart, good headline can be the whole idea. Yeah. And you don't, even know at the, at that stage, you know like the, yeah, if you find a great insight or some yeah some truth about the people who use the brand or what the brand is, that's the whole thing, you know
0: yeah, and that's what we teach at adhouse not to do an ad, but uh, that's what we teach at adhouse, and I always feel like I'm like, am I just teaching like way too basic stuff like because like mm-hmm. like what, what i what i what I see that a lot of young people want to do is like well, it's an app, and it's a it's a, you know, a Twitter, you know, uh, uh chase around the Twitters and you f- follow the, like, don't, don't try to do that stuff yet. That's like trying to do like a triple axle, uh, the first time you're out on the like just learn to skate really fast. <laughs> Especially because I feel
1: like the, what you're going to be asked to do when you're a junior more than come up with like the big platform idea is like just write or design. Yeah. I like, just want you to be good at that yes it's going to be helping you know
0: yeah so headlines are okay learn to okay. write great headlines
1: yeah and learn to design be a good designer and and like i don't know i i'm always writing reading stuff about how to be a better writer and always
0: still yes yeah
1: of course of course i, I downloaded give us
0: give know, us a couple of things to to read <laughs> oh uh, books that i've read recently yeah yeah that that uh, that either on copywriting or not uh, you know whatever i just read a book called everybody lies about um
1: the way people use Google and the data that can be pulled from it, it sounds dry, but it's really interesting in that it's like the greatest sort of accidental experiment on human behavior um, because of the massive amounts of data you can pull. So basically like things like you can tell um, you have a better sense of unemployment rates based on porn usage than you do from polls on unemployment. Wow. There are all these cool, like, correlations. Correlations. Yeah, yeah. It's a really Uh, good book. Okay, Everybody Lies
0: is the book. Yes. All right. I just finished that one. We're going to check that out. Do it. Thanks for being uh, my guest today. Thanks so much, Tom. This is great. On my TV show that, you know, airs in my head. It's like a TV show to me. I'm looking at myself and at you. Well, yeah, I don't use the pictures. So, you know. (laughs) We could have been shirtless this whole time. I'm really sick of looking at my face. I should have turned it off. Oh my God. Yeah, I do, I do know how to do that now, which is uh, in classes, it's so much easier because I stopped staring at my eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Well, me, say hello to your wife, Chrissy, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Say hello to her and uh, you have a lovely family and we, Thanks, will, uh, we, will, we will see you again and say hi to Greg Hahn. Who, I sure uh, will. You know, I miss and love. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to watching you guys do awesome stuff. Thanks,
1: brother. See ya.
0: Later. Ain't Kevin Mulroy awesome? Such good stories. Your homework. Learn to write great headlines. Google the basics of design. Read Everybody Lies by Seth Stevens Davidowitz. Follow Kevin Mulroy on Twitter at SethMo.com. S-E-T-H-M-O-E on Twitter and check out Mischief USA Kevin Mulroy and Bianca Guimaraes are are the ECDs there and they are working for the awesome Greg Hahn and if you want to take an ad class with me or any of the other professors over at Ad House head over to adhousemyc.com right now because we got Zoom classes starting very soon and there's still time to sign up this has been The A-List I'm Tom Chrisman you can connect with me at TomCrisman.net. The music you're hearing is by Ross Hopman over at Duotone Audio Group. This was edited by me very slowly. Uh, and thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the A-List podcast on SoundCloud or wherever you listen and share us with a friend. And I'll see you next time. Bye.